0: Get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey, folks. Hey, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. And of course, hey, we're via internet now. There's a reason why we're via internet for the show uh one unfortunately paul is not here uh we do uh, hope that everything's going okay with the family she's basically dealing with some issues with uh the family wishes she was here of course and she'll be back on the next show mark my tiki expert is here how are we doing mark we're doing okay awesome we're happy to be anywhere right now <laughs> so mark's in the bat
1: rooms uh which actually
0: you said there's a flood you just had a flood in your basement
1: Yes, we did. we uh so now I'm just rem- removing, moving, cleaning, putting back, moving, cleaning, putting Ugh. back so. anything get damaged? No, no uh no loss of uh, of any bat, rum or vinyl records were lost. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the vinyl records. I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, so another reason
0: why we're doing this via internet is because we have a very special guest today, and so Jason is joining us from uh, where actually are you, Jason?
2: I'm actually living in Envigado, Colombia, which is a, a part of uh, Medellin, Colombia, which most people would uh, normally know. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like uh, the GTA, Greater Toronto Area. The cities, basically, there's a whole like 12 different cities that grew up mm-hmm. and ended up growing into each other. So Envigado is that part of Medellin. So Medellin is the main one, same thing as Toronto. Uh, But it'd be like living in Mississauga or Scarborough in comparison. So I live in Envigado, Colombia.
0: Very cool. And so you want to tell everybody. uh, So the reason why you're on the show is, well, one, you're related to Paula. That kind of got you on the show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Paula married my brother a couple of years ago. And so Paula is my sister-in-law and I love her to death. And they just had a brand new baby about a year ago. And I was at their wedding with my wife from Colombia. So, basically, to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I've been a bartender for over 25 years. I started in the strip club business. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I was a DJ, and we've talked about this before. I was actually a radio uh, a DJ, and then I went into the strip club business because it paid a lot more. And then I became a bartender, and then a manager, and a, a doorman. I did all those things. And then from there, I moved on to bartending and because I loved it. I, I just I loved the, the idea of cocktails and making drinks. And, um, and when I was in Canada, I basically did the basics, uh, you know, the Ryan Cokes and uh, screwdrivers and all those kind of typical Canadian drinks at the time. And this was 25 years ago. And then I kind of moved up in the world. And then I moved around the world and then I became a martini specialist and uh, my last job was uh, traveling beverage manager for Royal Caribbean. So I, the, at the peak time, I did between 13 and 15 ships. Wow. I had about 1,500 1, to 3,000 employees that worked under me. And I would travel from ship to ship to ship and from country to country to country and from ship to ship to ship. And I would take care of uh, my, my crew and my ships and uh, my guests. So
0: there we go. So obviously, well-qualified guests. Yes. <laughs> he knows his stuff for sure. I'd like to think so. Cool. Cool. So today we're going to talk about, yes, a drink that's a Caribbean drink. Uh, when I was talking to Jason, going back and forth with the emails, we figured that a drink that'd be great is something that would be a common drink we'd see on a cruise ship.
1: So the drink we're going to talk about today, and Mark's going to ask me. I will ask you, if, but your introduction is, is awesome so far. The uh, So what drink are we going to be talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about the Miami Vice.
0: And the reason why we're talking about the Miami Vice, and like I just explained, is that when I was talking to Jason and going back and forth in emails and talking about the cruise ships, of course, one of the questions I always asked, I asked Jason in the emails was like, what are the common cocktails you would see on a cruise ship? And so, of course, obviously a lot of tiki cocktails would be there. But one of the ones that hit me and kind of hit, like I saw in there that kind of, yeah, it tricked me was the Miami Vice because I haven't never heard of this one before. And so it's a very easy drink. We're obviously going to go through the recipe, but um, I like the idea that uh, Miami Vice, and we'll get into more in detail down the show because obviously today we're going to talk about Miami Vice as well. Of course, if you're back in the 80s, uh, like we were, uh, the three of us, um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a very influential show and uh, definitely dear, dear to my heart. And I'll explain that later why. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we're going to go through the drink of the, of the Miami Vice.
2: Can can I laugh the fact that you say it's easy? Because if you ask a bartender what is the worst drink that they can make for a guest is a Miami Vice.
1: No way.
0: I always thought we'd say a B-52 because that one just drives me nuts to make.
2: Oh, the B-52, once once you get into the habit of pouring and layering, it's super easy. But the Miami Vice, okay, so I'll I'll tell you why.
0: (laughs) How about you tell us the recipe? Okay, you know what? For this, we're gonna change the pace here for once in the show. Okay, I am gonna ask Jason to tell me what is the recipe of a Miami Vice. There we go.
2: Okay, so a Miami Vice is basically you're going to mix a pina colada with a strawberry daiquiri.
0: Yes. but The fact is, is you
2: have to make both drinks to make one drink. Yes. So unless you have a machine that pours out Mm -hmm. a pina colada, Mm -hmm. so if you're uh, like a Uh, a a frozen there there's a couple frozen bars in the states i can't remember what they're called Mm. i think it's called fat tuesdays and Mm. so fat tuesdays have all these machines so they can make a miami vice for you without complaint but if you go on a cruise ship Mm -hmm. or into any regular bar they actually have to make you a pita colada and then they have to make you a strawberry daiquiri and then layer them (laughs) so
3: yeah
2: so it depends on where you go or whatever, whether the pina colada is on top or the bottom, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but basically you're making a pina colada. So a pina colada, there's different recipes for it, obviously. Yes. But basically a pina colada, a traditional pina colada, is mm-hmm. going to be uh, coconut cream mm-hmm. and pineapple juice and white rum.
0: Yes. And cream and if you want to.
2: Some people add cream. Yep. In Canada, we do add cream. Uh, most places in the world don't, but it, it depends on where you're from. Everybody makes it different, mm-hmm. and then strawberry daiquiri is lime juice, strawberry mix, and uh, rum. Mm-hmm. So, and then you eat, make each separately, and then you layer them on top of each other mm-hmm. in a glass, and you put on the strawberry and the pineapple and and uh, an umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, on cruise ships, when somebody orders that, is not a popular item. <laughs> That's it's the, really not. It's it's a delicious drink and it is worth trying for yes, sure. Yes. But it is not a popular drink for bartenders to make because it's complicated.
0: For now, them. okay. So I was actually going to just say on the flip side of the coin is actually, I've been to a couple of resorts down in the Caribbean and a lot of the resorts down in the Caribbean where they have the open bar, obviously where it's free drinks whatever, they have slushy machines. So they would actually would have a slushy machine with a pina colada, a slushy machine with a strawberry daiquiri. So yes, like you said, it depends on your equipment and your bar. So in a resort where they have these slushy machines, this thing like, takes two seconds. They pour in a little bit of pina colada, a little bit of strawberry, daiquiri, and then pina colada. And kind of just layer it, like you said.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so when I used to, sorry to interrupt, I used yeah. to go to a place called, uh, yeah, Fat Tuesdays. It was in Miami. And they used to have a place called Fat Tuesdays. And they had all the machines and with, with that. So you could order one. And I would actually order one because a Miami vice is delicious because you're getting pina colada, which is delicious, mm-hmm. if it's made right and strawberry daiquiri, which is also delicious, and you mix it too, it's fantastic. But yeah, you need a slushy machine. If you don't yeah, have a slushy machine, true. no, your bartender's not going to be happy. Tip him well <laughs> beforehand. If you tip him well beforehand, he might be more inclined to make it for you nicely because if you give him like a buck for a $20 drink, he's not going to be
0: happy. Uh, the other thing I want to mention too, because I actually I'm sure you've had this, Jason, and Mark, uh, I mean, you probably had this for every bar you've been to, Tiki Bars, Mark. Is that make sure they actually have a blender? People come into my bar, which is a pub. They go, "Oh, can you make me a pina colada?" I'm like, "No, well, I can make you a pina colada on the rocks, but I don't have a blender." So obviously, another thing you want to ask as well. Hey, do you have blenders?
2: Yeah, and I had uh, the same issue when I was uh, when I was working in the Cayman Islands. I was working in a. I worked in a couple places, but the last place that I worked in was the martini bar, where I became semi-famous whatever you want to call it <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, martini bartender and we didn't have a blender we had one in the back but we never used it we did it for other things because it was also a sushi bar so we used it for other reasons and that's the thing people say oh well, I want a pina colada it's like you're in the wrong place I mean go <laughs> next door uh, because we we will make you a martini and I can make you you want a daiquiri, I'll make you a daiquiri, but I'm going to make you the traditional daiquiri. Mm. But how can you make me a traditional daiquiri if it's not frozen? It's like, well, a traditional daiquiri is actually not frozen. That's right. It's with ice, mm-hmm. but it's shaken. Now, Well, nowadays it's made with blenders because yeah. they make so many. Yeah. But, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's, we, we never had a blender. So people would ask for a pina colada. And we're like, thank God I don't have one. <laughs>
0: that's right i say the same thing who i don't have a blender mark uh, I, t-
2: I don't have a blender
0: I, t- I take it mark that you obviously don't ask for any blended drinks that you go to right no 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 <laughs> no no slushies
2: no slushies
1: because you like the booze forward drinks right mark yeah but a uh, slushy drink could be booze forward it doesn't have to be i've been to new orleans it's true
2: yeah frozen drinks are great i mean they can be good as long as they're done well with enough booze then they're fantastic but uh but I guess tiki drinks are not normally frozen. Usually, as I've heard on your podcast many times, it, it's a lot about layers. So you're getting different flavors as you go through,
1: right, Mark? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the ice is actually meant to melt a bit and be part of the week, right? Part of the recipe, kind of thing, right? That's why you tend to use the crushed ice, and then you just use the spindle blender as opposed to a ninja blender. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot, unless a lot, a lot of recipe books do, will just say blend. And people think it's like a pina colada, but it's not. Yep. It's supposed to be just like a milkshake maker. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just like for five seconds, just to kind of froth it up more than anything else.
2: Yeah. And and the same thing with the daiquiri. The daiquiri is not necessarily a pina colada or daiquiri. It's or like a strawberry daiquiri. Mm-hmm. It's basically crushed ice. Originally, it was crushed ice, shaken, mm-hmm. and then strained. with, And then you put a little bit of the ice left over into it. And nowadays, even when like I was there two years ago uh, before the pandemic and they actually put it in a blender, but only because they have they're packed from like 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so then they're doing thousands. So they can't do it by hand. Of course, Mm -hmm. they only have like five or six bartenders that can fit behind the bar. So what they would do is they would take some crushed ice, throw it in the blender, blend it up slightly, like a couple seconds, and then put it in a glass. and there you go. Mm -hmm. So it's not always about the thickness, you know, like a pina colada, which Mm -hmm. is obviously intended to be a frozen drink uh, where daiquiri is basically, it's a fantastic drink with slightly cold with some ice to keep it cold.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So some alterations that I would throw into this mix is uh, obviously you could change the strawberry daiquiri to a raspberry daiquiri, a banana daiquiri, Mm -hmm. Whatever fruit you want to use. Uh, As for the pina colada, I've suggested in the past, if you want a little bit of kick to it, you can always do some ginger syrup in there or some vanilla syrup or some cinnamon syrup. So those are some alterations. Uh, Also, you can use a dark rum because I know Mark loves dark rum. So dark rum in your pina colada can do is there any suggestions, Jason, that you have outside of that realm, maybe for this drink? Maybe- yeah,
2: I would say if you want a, a, a difference to the Miami Vice, I would leave the pina, pina colada alone for me mm-hmm. because I'm a huge fan of a pina colada and pineapple, mm-hmm. except on a pizza. I know that's going to be yeah, controversial, Me too. Me too. Controversial. <laughs> but I'm hugely, I guess uh, I was watching a TV show today about pineapple on a pizza, but. Uh, I would leave the pina colada alone because pina colada is a fantastic, as long as it's made without the pina colada mix. If you use actual coconut cream, and mm. one tip that we always learned was when we opened up a can of coconut cream, that mm. taste it first. If it tasted like soap, it was off.
0: Oh, okay.
2: It, it does. If you taste it and taste like soap, there's something wrong with it. So throw it out, open up a new can.
0: Wow. Okay. But if
2: you take that and fresh pineapple juice and then a, a good rum, Usually, an island rum. Uh, Cayman Islands rum is good. There's a bunch of a bunch of them out there. Even Bacardi is fine. Any any cheap rum because this is the same thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. <laughs> it's um, okay.
0: We do it on our show all the time. If you haven't figured that out, I
2: know. I know. Uh, <laughs> one of the things is is that um, the same thing with vodkas for even screwdrivers and Madres and Sea Breezes and any drink that you get. If you're taking a high-end rum or a high-end vodka and you're mixing it with something, it doesn't matter. You're wasting your money. Mm, it's true. Go go with a cheap rum if you're mixing it for a pina colada, as long as it's a good cheap rum. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to go with something that's like 30% alcohol or 25% alcohol. I've got some stories about that. <laughs> um, but you want to make sure that if you're going to waste your money on a Grey Goose and have a Grey Goose screwdriver, you're not going to taste the Grey Goose. So yeah. what's the point? So same thing with pina colada. If you're going to have a pina colada, you can get a cheap rum and it's going to taste fine because all you're trying to get is as long as it's a decent cheap rum, Mm -hmm. you're going to get the flavor of the pineapple Mm -hmm. and the pina Mm colada. You're not going to get the flavor of the rum. Yeah. So what's the point? So don't waste your money on that. Make sure that you're buying, uh, if you're having a straight rum, obviously, Zacapa, Appleton's, uh, Gold, something like that. But if you're going to make a piña colada, it's not really much point unless you're pouring it on top to give it a little bit of flavor. Then you can get like an expensive dark rum and pour a little bit on top. And you get that.
0: That's Mark. Um,
2: so, <laughs> yeah, and no, and uh, I, Mark, I would love to talk to you about some uh, uh, some great rums that I've had around the world. Zacapa 23 is my favorite, and we'll talk about it off air. But it's it's. Now, unless you want to talk about it on there. It's my favorite. But I would leave the the pina colada the way it was with a cheap rum, a, a good like cheap rum, like Bacardi, something that's going to be standard. Mm. But if you want to change a Miami Vice, try a mango flavor instead of strawberry. Oh, OK. And we've done that before. I've done that many times in the past. And it's amazing. So basically, it's the same recipe. You look for any recipe on the web for strawberry daiquiri. A little bit of lime juice, mango juice instead of strawberry, and some rum. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And a great color. And you could even put all three together, and it's still going to be amazing. I, I know I went off way yeah, off. So it's okay. <laughs> but there you go. Uh,
0: one of the things I think that Jason kind of mentioned in that, and I always tell people and my advice is to him, is for the pina coladas and for the daiquiri. Please, please, if you can, try not to use pina colada mix, pre-mix, or daiquiri pre-mix that you get at the stores. Uh, Island Oasis, I've worked at, I don't know how many bars has an Oasis machine and has those things. The problem with those is that they're so sugar-based and artificial flavored that you're really not getting a really good drink out of it.
2: Luckily, I don't work for Royal Caribbean anymore, uh, but they used Island Oasis everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's cheap so, and sugar. I mean, if you look at it, the thing that, the, the, thing, the, the thing with the Island Oasis is funny is that you could tell that it's sugar-based because if you look at the expiration date on the cartons, the it's a year.
2: No, it's not a terrible product. I mean, if you're making massive batches, okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's better to use fresh stuff. You know, look online. There's tons of, again, pina colada is the big one. Strawberries, that's a little bit harder. Obviously, they're in season. And here in Colombia, we don't have those. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) People go, what? What's a strawberry? (laughs) Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of things you can't get in here. Cheese whiz, English muffins, Philadelphia cream cheese, beef stock, there's things that you can't find in this country that I would love to find knowledgeable about the liquors and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And being in a country where you can't find all the liquors that you want is really tough because in Canada and the States, you can go into the LCBO, you can go into pretty much any Walmart and you can find liquors Mm -hmm. in the States and which I worked out of for almost 10 years. And you can't find any of those things here like, you know, lychee liqueur, or pomegranate, just uh, moonshine, like yeah. things that you can go in the States and find a screech. You can't find any of that stuff here. And not that you would use it often, but it's like the ability just to be able to say, well, I'll go pick up a bottle. Yeah. And you can't do that. It's really disappointing. So finally, after three years, my wife says, Oh, by the way, there's this liquor store warehouse. And I'm like, Excuse me are
0: you Uh uh-oh he's in trouble now are you
2: shitting me i've been here three years and you're telling me about this now when covid covid was just starting at the time and i'm like you're telling me about this just now that i can go to liquor warehouse now they had more options but it was still very rare to find the things that i wanted and i was very upset with her i I didn't speak to her for like three days because i was like are you kidding me? Uh, There's a liquor Mark. warehouse in Medellin, and, and you're telling me about this three years after I moved here? Yeah. And she knows that I'm – obviously, I met her on the ship, so she knows I'm a bartender. Yeah. So, yeah. The crushing. You, trust me, going around the world, there are so many things you can walk into a place go, what the hell is this? Yep. And then just go, oh, this is amazing, and you try it. I mean, I've had to throw out so many bottles of alcohol because I would go into a store in Turkey – in Spain in and I would buy these bottles and I would try it. And I'm like, oh okay, that's great. But then I i can't leave with it because I can't go back to the States with it because it's open. Yep. So I'd have to throw it out. So there a lot of things you can try around the world. The states is better than Canada for it for sure. But Canada is still better than Colombia for alcohol. For oh sure.
0: Well here's the thing too the throw the the thrown in and I'm sure Merkin concurs that sometimes I'll see a bottle from another country example let's say of some liqueur or something I'm like ah, oh, that's kind of interesting. Let me get the bottle I bring it home. I open it up. I crack it open. I have maybe a shot of it or something, and I'm like, "Wow, this is awful." But I just corked out forty bucks for yeah. it. But I'm like, "Well, hey, that's the gamble, right?" And I'm sure, Mark, you've had some gambles too, right, Mark, on some
1: uh, alcohols that you tried? Absolutely, especially liqueurs and things. Oh, that would be really good in a in a mix. And oh no, this is horrible. What am I thinking?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Maybe, I, maybe oh. I can cook with it.
3: Oh, I absolutely <laughs> agree
2: with you. I mean, there, as I said, I've lost a lot of money by buying something, bringing it on the ship when we were allowed, uh, you're no longer allowed to do that. Uh, but at, at a time when you were, you were allowed to bring booze on board and try it. And I've thrown out tons of bottles where you would go and somebody says, oh, you got to try this. It's great. And you try it and you're like, oh my God, what is wrong with you?
3: Yeah, that's
4: right.
2: So right. before we move on, yes. sorry, Greg. Yeah. Uh, I want to I wanna actually, uh, we talked about this before we started uh, the, the thing, that I want people to know that Mark sounds a lot like Donald Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see comments because we talked about this beforehand when we were first chatting.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, he sounds a lot like Donald Sutherland, and I think he's got an amazing voice. He should be in radio.
1: He is in radio. Oh, well, volunteer <laughs> radio.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh, volunteer radio. Okay. There you go. So right, I didn't right, know yeah. that. Yeah. But I question anybody to tell me different that he doesn't sound like Donald Sutherland.
1: There we go. I'll start quoting some different movies, Kellys there Heroes, you. and things like that.
2: Exactly. I just wanted to say that before we move on.
0: I think that Jason actually mentioned off off Mike here was that you should start doing some Donald Sutherland like audio tapes, like he yes. reads, reads like bedtime stories.
2: Yes. You'd make a killing. Donald it. Sutherland reads to you, good ne- night, good night, good sheep, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Totally. Cause actually, uh, it's funny you mentioned it. Cause I, I just actually just described to calm. Uh, I don't know if anyone actually, you guys know what calm yeah. is. So calm is a, um, app you can buy that actually tries to help you meditate or help you fall asleep. Cause I have a hard time falling asleep sometimes. And then what skewed me onto it because Matthew McConaughey actually reads a book. Yeah, And so I'm like, okay, let me listen to Matthew McConaughey, read the book. And the thing is actually it did the reverse effect. I could not sleep. I had to listen to the entire story <laughs> that he says in the movie. <laughs> I listened to the entire book. I'm like, great. Yeah. Two hours later, I'm still like awake.
2: I have heard that story about Matthew McConaughey and somebody actually, some famous person. And I and I watched this a couple of weeks ago and he actually thanked Matthew McConaughey for putting him to sleep at night. I can't remember who it was now, but yeah. Well, you know,
1: he's got, got right, the soothing right. voice. Right? Right.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Seriously, who doesn't want to fall asleep to Matthew McConaughey?
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or Mark?
2: <laughs> I would, I would fall asleep to Mark.
1: Mark, start, if you yeah.
2: seriously put us something on calm. And, and I know calm. I, I don't have it. I, I don't have a problem falling asleep. I just drink a couple martinis and I'm out. But I would listen to your voice going to sleep, dude. <laughs> a
1: great. I'll start narrating uh, tiki uh, music lyrics.
2: Oh, there you go. Uh, no, you know what you could do is. Just start talking about recipes, three ounce <laughs> of rum, three ounces of pineapple juice. And I, dude, I would fall asleep in a heartbeat.
3: Oh
1: so, my yeah. God. Oh, there Do you it. go. Maybe start listening yeah. to the show. We'll start doing a series.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you start doing a series and send me a link, and I will yeah. be there in a heartbeat and I will fall asleep like a
1: baby.
0: Oh, well, I, I have to say this to Mark, don't take us any wrong way, okay? Or don't yeah. take this harsh. Uh, there's a few couple of shows where me and Mark just did together, and Paula wasn't with us or Cam wasn't with us. And a friend of mine actually told me it goes, Craig, I hate to say this, but that show almost put me to sleep. He goes, it was interesting. The show was great, but it almost put me to sleep. And I'm a guarantee it had to be about Mark. There you
2: go. Yeah. I have no doubt. He's got Mark, you have a, an amazing <laughs> being a, a radio broad, broadcaster for a short time uh, and and having the face for radio, understanding the way it is you have a great voice dude
1: oh thanks well you never know right because you never really hear yourself except in the headphones and uh, involved in community radio nobody ever tells you anything so
2: well i'm telling you now you have okay. a great voice you have a great voice and seriously look into getting into donald sutherland's uh, book. <laughs> swear to god you're gonna be great and i will i will buy every copy <laughs>
1: <laughs> Donald
0: Sutherland recites Good Night Moon. There we go. <laughs> All right. So obviously, the thing we want to do on the show is we want to talk to Jason. That's why Jason's on the show. And we want to get some cool facts about Jason and where he's been and a little bit about, yeah, about Jason. So the first question I want to obviously ask, him, I think we kind of touched a little bit on the show so far, is that what got you, like, how did you start off being a bartender? What skewed you that direction? I know you talked about being a DJ.
2: When I was, I think I was 18 or 19, where... I ended up working in a strip club, but I was a DJ, mm-hmm. and because I had the voice for it. No, I'm sorry, I was in my early 20s, yeah, and I was in college at the time, and so then I had been DJing around the place, uh, a couple of places here and there, local clubs, nightclubs. Uh, I wasn't a great DJ, to be honest. I wasn't great, and then when I moved to Belleville, Ontario,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and Where my parents lived, I was in my early 20s, and I was a radio DJ at the time. I worked at a... I can't remember the name of them. I'm I'm not... I wouldn't even give them a plug anyways. Uh, But I worked at a local station. Uh, I was doing it basically for free. Mm -hmm. And I also worked at a subway. And so then this DJ at a strip club came out. So I started working for them, and it was the typical DJ thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... You know, welcome yeah. to this. And
0: here comes candy.
2: And here comes candy. She's <laughs> sexy. And by the way, gentlemen, last call is now. So the whole script club voice, came it. Yeah. And I was popular. I I was good. It it was a lot of fun. And then one of the bartenders quit, and they said, "We need a bartender, Jason. You want to come?" And I said, "Absolutely." So I went in and I started making drinks, and I and I loved it. I just loved the idea of making cocktails, making people happy, and it it just gave me a thrill to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And I was 24, 25 at the time. Mm -hmm. So then I started doing that around the area in strip clubs Mm -hmm. and Trenton, North Bay. I did it all. And then I got out of it for a while, and I actually became a roadie for a strip club. Wow. And so I would travel around Ontario, and I would do – fireworks and and uh, fire and all this kind of stuff and then i ended up going to at a sports club uh in fawn hill which is close to niagara falls very close to welland and i got a job there and i met one of my best friends still to this day almost 25 years later and Jeremy and I became friends and uh, another buddy of ours, Tony at the time, I don't speak to it anymore. And we basically started bartending together. The three of us got hired almost at the same time because it was opening and we became very popular in the place and I just loved doing it. And then we actually started learning, all three of us started learning flare bartending. We weren't very good at the time and I'm still not great at it. I'm, I, I'm okay at it.
0: That's okay. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't toss the bottle at all. I, I suck at oh, it.
2: oh i i love doing it it's great if you're good at it if you have a passion for it you can be good at it Mm -hmm. but you have to practice it's a lot of that practice so basically i started working there and then from there i just kind of moved on i stepped up each time every job became bigger and better and uh i've already dragged this out enough but i then i moved (laughs) to the island's and then I moved to the Caymans and then I became, I worked in a couple places and I became better at what I did. But just the idea of bartending is just it, just to make people happy and to make people look at you, especially when you're flair bartending as you're doing it. And you're flipping bottles and, and you're holding four bottles at a time. So you can pick them up and pour them at the same time. And people sit there and look at you in amazement. Mm-hmm. It didn't hurt the fact that the girls really liked it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, the girls liked it. You got so, a lot of numbers,
0: it, I'm sure, right?
2: Oh, yeah, I got I got the numbers. It was fun. Then I, I was asked to enter a competition. I was at working at the Western Casarina Resort in the Caymans, and I was asked to enter, it was the bartender of the year for the, the Cayman Islands. At that point in time, I had gotten into martinis. So I decided to make three martinis. Actually, Mm -hmm. one of them, I put it in a champagne glass, but it was a martini still. And I
3: won. Wow. Good for you.
2: And then I just fell in love with it. And then from there, I got a job. There was a hurricane and all this kind of stuff after that. Long long story. And then I became a martini bartender uh, at a martini bar. And then I became the general manager. And then I moved on to ships. And it was just something Just to make drinks that people go, oh, my God, this is so good. How do you do this? Yeah. I love that. And Uh, I'm sorry that took so long, but I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. I love, love martinis. I love cocktails just to be able to create something that people like Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't change their lives, obviously. No. But the fact that people can drink something and go, wow, this shit is amazing. How do you do this? That's what I love.
0: And I'm Sorry I gotta, about that. No, no, it's so cool, and I agree with Jason because I think one of the things that I love uh, when I'm creating my cocktails and uh, I, example, like I just did two cocktail re- menus for my boss, and the tasting, he's just like blown away. He's like, each one of these cocktail craigs are amazing. Like, and every time I serve a drink, like I said, it's it's a it's a high. I, I can't I can't explain it. It's a high when someone drinks. I mean, like, oh my god, this is amazing this is something I've never tasted before. Like, what is this? Like, what am I drinking? Um, and it's just, that's, I think, one of the things that's an ultimate high for me is making something that's so unique that people are just like, I'm blown away by it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be able to to people to come in and, and try something and just go, wow, how did you do this? How did you create that? Mm-hmm. And it is art. But to be honest with you, I know that sounds weird and and maybe... I'm not sure what the word is, but arrogant.
0: Maybe, I don't think so. No, no. To,
2: to be able to create a drink that people go, oh my god, this is amazing! Like that's uh, it, it's special to me, and and people don't say you're well, you're a, a freaking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I am. But I love to cre- I love to create drinks that people go. That is so good. Yeah, that is so good. Can I have another?
0: Exactly. And I think one of the things you hit on the button there is that uh, if you look at the history of the bartender, the, the job or the profession, it went from being a very professional person that everyone in the town would go to, like say back in the old Wild Wild West, he was kind of like your go-to person for everything. Yeah. And then back in the 70s and 80s when the club scene was hit, the drinks, the quality of the drinks also went to like slushies and artificial flavorings and things like that. And even Del Graph mentioned that bartending back then also became not an important job. Like if you told your mother, hey, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to be a bartender. She'd be like, what the hell? But now it's gone back the other way, right? Where now we have mixologists, people are getting into different ingredients. And and yeah, it's just become a more of a professional. Oh, absolutely. My
2: dad, when I was working at my first real bartending job outside of the strip clubs. Yeah. And I was really learning cocktails at the time. And my dad always said, yeah, you're just a bartender or you're just a waiter. I'm not a waiter, dad. I'm a bartender. And I had borrowed money from him mm-hmm. because I was poor at the time. Mm-hmm. And, but then I was making a lot of money. I was making 100 to $200 a night in tips. Mm-hmm. And I was making a, a lot of cash. And I was working six days a week, so I made a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. And it was all tax-free at the time. Don't tell the government. and please,
0: <laughs> They're not listening.
2: They're, <laughs> hopefully, they're not listening. And then one day, he came in, and he said, oh, yeah, you're just a waiter. And then one day, I'd saved up enough money. It, was a, it wasn't long. And I actually saved up a huge roll and I put it in like one of those mob style.
0: Yeah. Circular rubber band.
2: Yeah. The the round thing. And I popped down $2,000 to my dad and I said, here you go. I owe you back. And then I popped down a book and I had kept a book of all of the money that I had made Mm -hmm. uh, as bartending and including my paycheck, including my tips. Mm -hmm. And I popped it down and I said, here you go. And he never said one thing after that. (laughs) Never. That was when I was like in my late twenties. Yeah. He's never said anything since then about me being a bartender. And now he's quite proud of me because I moved on traveling bar manager, general manager. I've been lots of things since then. And, but at the time, yeah, it was always one of those things. Like you're just, you're, you're a bartender. I'm sorry, but bartenders are amazing people. Bartenders are the shit. They, they make your drinks. They serve you food. Sometimes And they make a lot of money if they're good at what they do. So Mm -hmm. respect them and tip them well.
0: All right. Did you hear that folks? Tip your bartender well. (laughs) Cool. All right. So I guess the next question we're also going to ask you about now. So the fireball and the flare. So where and how did you learn this? Like this fireball thing.
2: Okay. So the fireball, actually, we call it fire breathing. Okay. So basically fire breathing, it came around. So a friend of mine, his name is, his nickname is Chambers. Mm -hmm. amazing flair bartender he worked in the cayman islands across the street from us or down the street Mm -hmm. and he was an amazing flair bartender amazing fire breather and so i wanted to learn so he actually taught me how to do it and i was working at the martini bar at the time it's called sapphires in in the cayman islands a very popular place at the time and we were basically we won a lot of competition we basically won every competition that we went into we were the most popular bartenders because we were very inventive, but we wanted to add something to it. So we did a bit of flair and then we wanted to bring in fire breath. And so Chambers taught me how to fire breathe, And basically it's, I, I used to use, uh, I wasn't expecting to be asked about this, so I can't remember. I think.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's all good.
2: Not, not kerosene. What's the other one um, that you put in um, uh, Tiki torches?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I just bought some. The citrus stuff? No, are you talking citrus. about? Yeah, citronella.
2: Okay, not citronella, but the, the, ah. the plain stuff. I'm sorry to put you on the spot because I actually forgot because <laughs> because <I'm...
0: laughs> Mark is the Mark's the encyclopedia usually of the of the show. That's sort of hilarious. Um, well, Mark's googling so I, it right now. I can tell right now he's looking at the computer yeah. going, "What is it?"
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark can tell us. I, I and I'm sorry. I actually did know that you were going to ask me this question, but I didn't know. I didn't think about remembering because it's been a while since I've done it. It's not kerosene. No, kerosene, you can blow fire on, but it's, that's worse for your mouth.
1: Paraffin um, lamp oil.
2: Paraffin.
0: Ta-da, paraffin.
2: There you go. Good for you. Hey, for Mark.
0: Because you know what's funny? Because usually it's funny because Paula's on the show, usually and she's like, let me Google that. So she's a yeah. Google person.
2: She's the Google one. I know I've seen the episodes. Um, yeah, it's called paraffin. And uh, thank you, Mark, for checking that for me. So <laughs> paraffin. paraffin. Now, paraffin is very dangerous, so I don't recommend that anybody that's listening to this episode, don't try it until you have somebody who really teaches you, because you can't breathe it in. If you breathe it in, you're going to burn your lungs right away, and you very likely could die. Wow. It takes a lot of practice to do it, but um, if you can do it properly like the Hawaiians do it in their shows, Mm -hmm. um, you know, fire breathers. Because it's not as dangerous if it touches your skin because it goes up so quickly. But if you breathe it in, it's bad. So as a fire breather, it's tougher.
1: So how did the fire breathing and the magic tricks get you in the cruise ship?
2: They actually didn't. Um, (laughs) They actually didn't. So I I got married, not to my current wife. I had a a previous wife, and she worked in the Cayman Islands with me, not in the same place. She used to come into my bar, and she was one of the girls that I impressed. And we were dating for about a year, year and a half. And she asked me, she wanted to go back home. She said, I'm, I, I want to go back home. And I asked her to marry me. And she said, I want to go back home. So we moved to, Ro- I, I actually moved to Romania. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. So, in Romania. That's, that's, that's an amazing yeah. part of the country. right? I mean, the, oh, so yeah.
2: It was. It was very cool. And I had some good times. Obviously, married life wasn't for us, the both of us. Um, so anyways, I moved to Romania. We'd always talked about the cruise ship because she used to work on the cruise ships and the housekeeping. Decisions. And I said, I could do that. And then, 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 and then we talked. And, and then after a year in Romania, it was like, I, I, can't, I can't stay here. I need to do something. And I was working in a bar in Romania. I was doing fire breathing. I was doing flare and I I was getting paid like $30 US a night.
0: Like
2: seriously, like nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And I was getting paid 10 times that in Canada and the States. So I said, I I need to do something. She goes, go on the cruise ships. I'll go with you. Mm. So I moved to the cruise ships. I worked for Carnival for two years and I didn't like them. They didn't pay very well honestly not to cause controversy but yeah. not a great company to work for at the yeah. time mm-hmm. maybe they're better now i don't know but at the time they weren't so then i changed up and i said i want to go work for uh, royal mm-hmm. and royal paid a lot better and so basically i had an interview i got the job i went there as an assistant bar manager and within three years i became the uh, traveling bar manager. so i worked my way up very quickly I love working with people. I wasn't the greatest bar manager at the beginning. I was a bit of a turd to begin yeah, with, yeah. Uh, because I learned from some bad managers when I went to Royal. Then I got divorced, like shortly after. Uh, but then I moved up the ranks after I was single. I was like, okay, I don't have any worries, and and I moved up the ranks really quickly. I loved what I did. I did it for six or seven years. Um, depending on the cruise line, it's a, it's a great job to have, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of fun.
0: Nice. So Austin, then you went into, uh, one of the things you talked about on your email was that you now became an owner of a, or sorry, you are an owner of a, of a martini based online shopping store or whatever. Can you explain to our guests what you, so our listeners what exactly what that is?
2: Basically when I moved to, um, when I retired my current wife, uh, not the Romanian, she's Colombian. <laughs> We moved to Colombia together, and I took a year off where I did absolutely diddly squat, including not learning Spanish. I still don't speak Spanish, which <laughs> is terrible. is terrible, and I'm ashamed of it. But I don't. I, I understand everything. I just don't speak it. My brain doesn't allow me because I learned Romanian. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so I moved here to uh, to Colombia, and then at the end of the year, my wife and I started talking. Said, "Let's build." I said, do you want to build? She always wanted a two-story building and it was one story at the time. And she said, How about we do an Airbnb? And then it expanded from three, from one story to two stories to three stories to four. Wow. So now we own a four-story building. Uh two of the stories are ours, and two of the stories are for the guests. We were building these things and we were living across the street, and then COVID hit two weeks before we were finished. Oh, two weeks we were harsh oh yeah we were two weeks away from being completely done and then COVID hit and everything shut down no contractors no carpenters no electricians no nobody so for seven months we were locked down and we were spending money spending it on food groceries and and yes alcohol
0: (laughs) of course that's a basic necessity come on
2: uh, I, well, especially during COVID, wait, what are you going to do? It's mm-hmm. one of us was going to die. It was either me or my wife. So, <laughs> I one of us was one of us was going to be. That's why I killed her, your honor.
0: Yeah. So, Mark, I have to ask you that question, Mark. If actually you were like, able to have alcohol anymore, who would survive? You or Linda? Oh, she'd survive. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. My wife Martha would survive. She would have killed me in my sleep. I'd be drunk and then, yeah. yeah. So, anyways. Um, so we, we basically needed to kind of live for seven months. And so we were spending money, 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 food and, and whatever. And then finally in September of last year, so almost over a year ago, uh, we basically finished the house. I was living in here. She was living over at the, the, the place across the street, hmm. um, because it was more livable, you know, toilets and everything. So we were living, I was living here and I was finishing slowly each room, room by room. So I'd move from one room to another. And then finally, by December, we opened up and we got three rooms done. And then two months later, we got another room done. And then we both moved downstairs, which is not finished. And and we've done okay, but it's been tough because COVID and travel restrictions. And then during that time, my wife is a great designer and she's, Currently, a teacher. She's actually a professor at a university. She has her bachelor's degree in uh, English teaching, and she actually uh, teaches online English now. Oh wow! But at the time, she was just she was designing for Shits and Giggles. She was designing. She's standing here right now, Mm -hmm. and hopefully, she'll make me a martini while we're talking. Oh yes, I will.
3: (laughs) Um, Martini for table one.
2: Martini for table one. She says. She came to me and she said, listen, uh, this is the stretch from the Airbnb house to the online shop. So she basically came to me and she said, listen, we can't do the Airbnb yet because there's no tourists. So how about you start an online shop? And she talked about a company called Printful. So it's print on demand. And so she convinced me to do it. And I was like, you know, that's not a bad idea. So we started coming up with the ideas. It's taken over a year. Uh, she's done all the shirts, all the designs. We've got coffee cups. We've got uh, iPhone cases. We've got T-shirts and and hoodies and mm-hmm. all these kind of things with different designs. Everything has a martini glass. In it. So we started that, but because you need money to actually open up a printful and because of COVID, we don't have the money. So it's been one of those challenges. So we do have the Airbnb, which is going okay. It's been a challenge we've had to lower our prices because people aren't traveling there yeah. and everybody else has lowered their prices. So you have to compete with everybody else. Yeah. But it's a very Americanized Canadianized place, hot water, which in Columbia is not a normal thing. You get oh, it in wow. the shower, but nowhere else. You don't get it in the sink. You don't get it in the bathroom sink, kitchen sink. So we've, we've kind of gone above and beyond, but it costs us more money to do. And then the online shop, which we're hoping to open I'm hoping before Christmas I'm praying (laughs) praying to the martini gods that they allow me to open this. Yeah. Um, but it'll have lots of cool martini stuff and, uh, just basically t-shirts and baby, baby stuff. Uh, the baby one is a baby onesie that says I'm a product of too many of, of these. And it's a picture of a martini glass.
0: (laughs) You should send it to Paula. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) I I I was going to actually
0: yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so we've done stuff like that and um, it's been a long time in the making obviously as with everybody even in Canada and the states and elsewhere in the world COVID has been a disaster for everybody it's been tough
0: yeah it's well even in our industry right I mean I actually had already had to open a restaurant shut a restaurant open a restaurant shut a restaurant yeah. what people don't realize is that say example if I own a retail store. I, I close a retail store. I just turn the lights off. That's mm-hmm. it. And then we reopen. I just turn the lights on. A restaurant, there's supplies, yeah. there's produce, there's yeah. beer, there's other things that, that have to be turned on. And some of these things don't get turned on right away. It's it's an you know, Like when they reopened the restaurants, all all the suppliers were like, well, now we're back ordered now. We've got 50 restaurants trying to get food from it, us and we can't, we don't have the supplies. Exactly.
2: I mean, it, it's, yeah. I mean, and that, that's the same issue that's going on now. Is like, well, we used to have it but it all went rotten or it all went bad or we sold it and we didn't order it because everything was closed. So what's the point? So yeah, no, I, I, I get it. We have that same thing here.
1: I know there's something bottled up here. It's horrible. Can't go anywhere. Can't see places. So, uh, martinis are obviously your passion in your life right now. Uh, what are are your thoughts on the tiki drinks or uh, Caribbean drinks and that kind of stuff? And like, where have you been Uh, and what are your favorites kind of thing?
2: I, I love, I, listen any cocktail is good and and one of the things that i've always said is basically people say about martinis and and there's a lot of the martini purists it has to be stirred not shaken you know i don't believe in any of that i believe in if you like a drink and you can make it that you like it whether Mm -hmm. it's shaken or stirred whether it's got fruit in it whether it doesn't whether it's classic whether it's not but if you enjoy it who cares Mm -hmm. it's it's Tiki drinks, uh, and I know you're uh, you're the tiki master. Uh, <laughs> I do like I do like tiki drinks. I, I've had I've had original Singapore slings. I've had original caipirinhas, original pisco sours from the place,
0: or mojitos, like you told me, right?
2: Mojitos. I've I've had them from the original place, daiquiris. I've had an original mai tai. I've I've you know all of them. I, I think they're great as long as they're made. Well, Mm -hmm. as long as and you can change them up if you want, but if you change them up, make sure that they're made well. Yes, and if they're made well, then great. And and I love I love Caribbean drinks. I am a martini guy by nature from like twenty years now. But I'll tell you, if you give me a good and I've had some good Singapore slings, I love them. I've had some great Mai Tais, I love them. As long as you make them well. I'll take it, but if you make them with mixes, and, and and I know Craig that you're not a big fan of
0: mixes. You,
2: you, <laughs> you like the originals. You yeah. like it. I'm the same. All the drinks that I know how to make are the original recipes. Mm-hmm. They're not you know with fake mixes mixers and stuff like that. They have to be done well, and if they are, honestly, Mark, I couldn't tell you which one is my favorite. Um, I can tell you a couple. I love a daiquiri. I don't know if that's considered tiki, but to me, it's a really classic Caribbean drink. This I've been I, I lived in Bermuda, and I've had the original uh, rum swizzle from the Swizzle House. Amazing! <laughs> oh, the Yellow Bird from Bermuda is amazing. The Dark and Stormy with Gosling's Black Seal Rum and and either Barrett's Ginger Beer or Gosling's Ginger Beer, either
0: one is amazing. Mark's making notes there, by the way.
2: <laughs> he, he can call me anytime, and, and I'll, I'll, tell him, I'll tell him where I've been. I've had some amazing drinks over the years. I, I couldn't tell you my favorite, but those are some of them.
1: Did you know? And we go, um, maybe.
0: We'll yeah, you guys, they have changed over I the years. It, it to used go- to be, I don't know, and now Mark and Paul have changed it now. Like, I probably know, or maybe I know... This have changed this whole theme of this thing now.
2: I Hopefully, I do know.
0: All right. So, obviously, we talk about the Miami Vice cocktail. So, we're going to give you guys some Miami Vice facts about the, mo- the show Miami Vice. So, yes, if you're our generation, you remember the show Miami Vice, which is a big impact for a lot of us back then. And, actually, even the, the fashion back then changed because of Miami Vice. Uh, one of the things that reminds me of, and actually, it's the very first fact I'm going to give you guys is the very first show to use a song in its entirety, okay, in a TV show. So before that, they never would would play some music or there'd be some music in a TV show, but they never actually used a song from beginning to end. And the reason why I want to use this fact is because, for me, this is probably the most memorable Miami Vice moment I can remember, is in the very first episode, okay, they're going to basically go to kill the bad guy, and they're driving in the Corvette, And it's the first time they've actually used these cameras, like almost like GoPro cameras on the car, to get these shots behind the wheel, like driving down the road or on the hood. And In the Air Tonight is playing by Phil Collins. And so they're driving along. They're not really talking. They're getting very, very serious because they know where they got to go to kill the bad guy. And he pulls into a dock uh, and Crockett gets out. The character Crockett gets out and goes to a phone booth, which is the only thing lit up in, in the scene grabs the phone and dials his ex-wife who's at home with the kids and says, hey, did you ever love me? And she's like, I still love you to this day. He hangs up the phone, gets back in the car, drives off, and then they go and kill the the, the bad guy in the show. So it was a very uh, dramatic scene and for In the Air Tonight. So every time I hear, listen, I hear that song, In the Air Tonight, I, I instantly go right back to that scene. Uh, Mark, you, you, I think you said you did see that show? Yeah, well, everybody did.
2: I watched it, too. I loved it. I got my first penny loafers because of it. <laughs> That's
0: right, eh? See the fashion. See, Everyone, I had a white jacket. Yep. I had a white blazer.
1: That was me. <laughs> next, next door neighbor's dog is called Crockett. <laughs> no way.
0: <laughs> Love it.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, so another cool
0: fact is that actually the actors were sent out with police squads, like real police squads on real crimes and real scenes to get the feel of the characters. So before they started doing the show and shooting the show, they actually sent them off in squad cars on uh, basically criminal uh, investigations and so, so they could see how, they would, or how the police officers acted and what they said and all the lingo they would use. Uh, and that really contributed to the show because if you listen to the show, they always use a lot of the police lingo that we, that's police officers normally would use. Uh, Nick Golt and Jeff Bridges were actually considered for the original role of Crockett but the problem was back then is that movies were way more important than TV. So TV wasn't a big thing at the time. Movies were a bigger thing. And so they also they turned it down. Uh, also, too, who turned it down was Denzel Washington turned down the role of Tubbs. Uh, wow. Yeah. Really? He offered- I did not know that. He did, he did not know. <laughs> I did not know that. That's great. Denzel well, Washington
1: was originally offered the Tubbs role. I did not know that either. There you go.
2: He would have been a great Tubbs. Oh, my he God, he would
1: have be- been an
0: awesome Tubbs. But- Oh, yeah. Uh, After the second season, Don Johnson actually wanted to leave the show. And so the producers offered him a deal that made him the most paid, the highest paid actor in TV history at that time. Wow. We know then uh, years later, obviously, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld became the highest paid TV actor. That's all seasons. I think it's still a, a record, if I remember correctly. He still actually still has that record for being the highest paid actor on TV. Uh, famous actor and actresses have been on the show. So a couple examples, Glenn Fry was in actually an episode called Smugglers Blues, where actually he was a pilot smuggling drugs across from Columbia. Ted Nugent was a drug dealer. Bill Collins also made an appearance. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys a link. There's a YouTube link that I found and it shows all these actors and actresses that have been on the show that were at the time were not really famous, but they became famous like Bruce Willis, Ben Stiller, Liam Nilsson. Julia Roberts, Lou Dylan
2: Phillips, I believe Sheila E.
0: Yeah, Sheila E. was in in one of them.
2: Yeah, Sheila E. I had a huge crush on her when I was younger, and uh, much younger. And Sheila E. was on on that show, as far as I remember. I could be wrong. No, you're right. I believe she was on it.
1: And and my favorite, Frank Zappa. Yes, Frank Zappa was on it. Michael Richards, Kramer,
0: Kramer was on it once.
2: Really? (laughs) What? (laughs) I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah,
0: no, I'm a, a Sidefield fan. So Kramer, as soon as I saw that listing and actually I saw the clip with him in it, it's hilarious. He's this thug that they keep on like harassing to get information from him, and it's just all I can see when I'm watching it is Kramer. That's all I can see. That's great. So yes, we'll put the link on you guys uh, for the show of all the famous people that have been on the show. It's a really cool. It's a long list. I mean, it's unbelievable how many people have been on the show. Uh, I'll see I mean what's your guys' thoughts on the on the show and what kind of impact did it have on your lifestyle? was it like did you tune in every week like oh my god I gotta watch oh, this show now
2: Oh absolutely i mean i I loved Miami vice I mean it was how to be cool. Just Miami Vice was huge. I mean I wanted to dress as them i I couldn't get away with it but um, <laughs> but just you know the t-shirt and the the blazer the, yeah, you know, and the pink never did. <laughs> For me but just to be able to dress like them with the uh, the penny loafers or deck shoes whatever you call them uh, nowadays oh yeah huge impact on me i mean i remember uh, i believe i was in sixth or seventh grade eighth grade people wanted to dress as them in the prom mm-hmm. or whatever the prom was yep. for, for public school and uh yeah i wanted to do it and i i couldn't afford it at the time but it was yeah just to be able to dress as them and to be Crockett or tubs, you know, I never wanted to have the crocodile as a pet, but the, <laughs> <And> no, <laughs> no, but the rest of it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Mark for you. Well, for me, I really liked the work of the producer director there, the writer or Michael Mann. He went on to do some really cool movies after that. So oh, yeah. I always Absolutely. looked out for his kind of stuff. So it was, it was very nice. It was always bright. And of course we live up here where it's dark and dead for half the year. So Watching things that are bright and blue for change was awesome.
0: I think for me, too, was the, the music. I mean, just every episode had an amazing soundtrack. Like, if you listen to the soundtrack of all the shows, I mean, you got Glenn Frey, oh. you got Ted Nugent, Frank Zappa, Phil Collins. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, it basically hit the charts. Like, every single one of these songs was chart songs. So it definitely had an impact for me when it came to the music part of it.
2: Yeah, for me, for me, it was the fashion that, you know, I was in my teens at the time and uh but the music you're right the music was unbelievable
0: well even this the the itch the music they used in the intro the 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 drums the steel drums and everything
2: oh yeah the eight uh, 808s i believe yeah oh yeah amazing amazing stuff still like you hear that song and it's like it brings it all back
0: it's like instantly you're back to when you're a kid yeah oh yeah
2: (laughs) crockett and tubs and living on a boat with a crocodile and uh Capturing bad guys. Oh, amazing stuff. Amazing. Oh,
0: I loved it. I don't know about you guys, but another song that cues me right away is Axel F. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Axel F. Uh, well, it's also too this the this the song for um what's the Eddie Murphy ones there he did? Um Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. did they did the theme for that one as well. So uh, yeah, amazing soundtrack. Cool. So there's some cool facts about Miami Vice Guys, and of course we did the recipe thanks to Jason for helping us out with that, by the way. My pleasure. And uh, we are definitely bringing Jason back because we were talking off mic about doing a martini show. And so, listen, in the new year, we'll definitely do a Jason martini show uh, with Paula because Paula wanted to be here, but unfortunately, she couldn't. Uh, So we'll definitely bring Jason back for that. Let's tell everybody who we are. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. uh, I know Mark had to do uh, Paula's line. There we go. (laughs) Uh, anyway, on that page, if you go there, all the information about this episode will be there for you guys, including the recipes. We'll throw in Jason's uh, modifications as well as mine on there for you guys to try out. The mango sounds amazing, Jason. I definitely want to try that for sure.
2: It's going to be amazing. And next time, I, I do want to talk about the one that I sent you is called the orange creamsicle.
0: Ooh. Well, it, we have, it, I was going to say, it, we have, usually have Craig's creation, but we have Jason's creation. There we go.
2: But it is. Amazing, and I created that one about two thousand five or two thousand six.
0: So, of course, Jason hasn't been to my liquor cabinet, obviously, because I've over four hundred bottles in my my, cabinet.
2: Oh my god, (laughs) I want to come to your liquor cabinet because my liquor cabinet has vodka and blue curacao, and that's it. Oh no, I can't afford it because I live in Colombia.
1: Blue Hawaiians.
2: I'm gonna come and raid your liquor cabinet, dude.
1: There's about four
0: hundred bottles of in my liquor cabinet, and no doubles. Oh
2: Oh my god. (laughs) It's a dream.
0: Yeah. People are like, how do you not drink it all the time? I'm like, because I am very resilient. That's why.
2: <laughs> well, well, I'll drink. I'll drink your shit. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink it.
0: That's hilarious.
2: I'll drink all of it.
0: Well, no, I'm not quite sure if I want you to come by now. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's funny because actually, when I say that to people, I have four bottles. They always the first thing comes out. Of the- so, where's your address? And I'm like, no, not telling you. I'm not gonna tell you. It's all locked up.
2: I agree. I agree. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I would hide it too, but yeah. But I'm gonna find out because I know your co uh co star. Yeah. She knows
3: where you live, yeah. exactly. I'm, tr- I'm gonna
2: trouble. find out where you live. And if you're a sleeping, dude, and you hear some noise in your liquor cabinet to me.
3: <laughs> there we go. That's awesome.
0: I love it. All right. So I also want to thank Jason for being on the show. It's been an honor, Jason. I can't believe you. your your history, you've traveled the world. I mean, you make Mark look like a North American. <laughs> So anyways, we're going to have Jason back on the show very recently, you know, pretty, pretty soon here. And uh, we'd like to thank everybody for listening and definitely stay to the show. Oh, by the way, I oh, forgot to say, by the way, yes. When you go on our website, there is an episode recipe page. So we talked about the daiquiri, talked about the pina colada. So please go visit our page because you can get the recipes for those. The original recipes, please do not use mix as me and Jason talked about, right? Absolutely. No mixes. Never use mix. Use fresh. Always. Exactly. Better. And uh, yes, yeah, so we do have our subscribe, plate, So please do subscribe, please, please. So we can so, we can, fly, so we can fly down to Jason's Airbnb, and yeah, we it. need a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Jason can be our sponsor. There we go.
4: <laughs>
2: I I wish I could afford to be the sponsor because I would for sure
0: in a heartbeat. Anyways, uh, yes, yeah, so folks, please do subscribe. I'll see because you know that drives our our, our show and uh, brings us bring us back more and more. And so yes, we're gonna go off and make some drinks. Well, Jason's already drinking already uh mark has got his plantation cooler there somewhere i saw it there somewhere there it in the mix there we go there it is. Yeah, and uh i'm gonna go off and make myself a rum drink i got a new one by the way if you haven't seen it and you guys can't get it i'm super stoked i'm gonna i'm gonna say it right now it's blackwell jamaican rum 07 edition Ooh, limited edition i picked it up it only had 200 bottles in ottawa available i picked up one bottle right away So it's called Blackwell's Jamaican Rum and it's a 007 James Bond edition. It is so cool.
1: Ooh. You're such a geek.
0: (laughs) I am, I am, I am. And I appreciate that. I I haven't cracked it yet. I haven't even cracked it yet, so there we go. We'll enjoy that. Yeah, for sure I will. All right, folks, we're gonna go off and make some drinks and thank you guys for listening. See ya. Well, I don't know about you, But I got informed, guys, hey, guys, where's my drink?
2: Listen, a man who blows fire onto a martini glass or onto a drink or even just in general is a sexy man.
0: I'm sorry. Gene Simmons. Hello from Kiss. It's How many out. women did he get because of that, right? I mean, come on. Uh, yeah,
2: uh, but, uh, about as many as me. Probably more, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs>